I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Here's how I want to dive into this, okay? Dive. So you guys, are you guys going to ask me your medical questions, or how does this work? <laughs> this is this is all this is. We're just going to treat this like a family doc appointment. So all right, so just for a little bit no, of context. For, sorry, you're going to need penicillin for that one. <laughs> for a little bit of context here, um, the other day I was I was um, I was going through the thousands and thousands of applications that we ha- we've had for people to come on the show, and. I was booking people left, right, and center. We've got all these recordings booked, lined up for the next few weeks. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, it'd be really nice to like catch up with someone that we've, we've had on the show, you know, in the past. And as I was having that thought, I come across uh, an application that was sent in by our friend Oliver here. And Oliver sent this application that I was reading in 2021. Now, we recorded with Oliver all the way back in November, specifically November 26th of 2018, the episode was titled Fingernail Cancer Can't Be That Bad. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was basically, it was basically a conversation where we, we chatted with Oliver about, um, about skin cancer, but his skin cancer uh, progressing and spreading through his body. And I remember when we had that conversation with Oliver Back in Vancouver, we, were, we, were, we traveled to Vancouver. We were doing this, like, these, these recordings in the city. And I remember thinking, that was an incredible episode. But I also had this thought of, like, and, and you know, I hope it's okay that I say this, Oliver, but you were, your diagnosis was fucking se- severe. It was serious. And, and I had the thought, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to meet that guy and have that recording. And... It, it saddens me to know that the next time we hear from or like about Oliver will probably be the fact that he's passed away. And at this time in 2018, we had a few people up to that point that have been on the show that passed. And it was like kind of like a regular occurrence for us. And so I'm going through these applications the other day and I see this thing from fucking Oliver Terry and I go, huh. And he sent this in 2021. And it was this... Uh, it was basically this application to go, hey, guys, I'd love to come back on the show to update you on where I'm at with my cancer journey. And there was a whole bunch of other shit in there that was like, by the way, I don't even want to talk about cancer. I want to talk about this other thing that was a result of the treatments of my cancer. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. But again, this was 2021 that he sent this in. And Jer saw it in 2021 and was like, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's like, just push it off. We'll just push it. We'll just push it off into the also, there's, no. th- This story tells the listeners so much about our application process. Like, no. Listen, going oh, well. back through 2021 applications. We've all we've all had the experience of flipping through our Rolo dead to see if anybody who's been on the show before has been on. <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah. Look, uh, look. We have again. I I just want to reiterate. We have like over 4,000 applicants. So there, there are a lot to sift through. And so I read this, and again, it, I read this the other day, and I was, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shoot a text to Oliver. Um, but again, I had that thought of like, well, is Oliver still alive? Because when we spoke to him, I, that was one of the things I thought was like, man, this guy's going through a really severe, serious cancer diagnosis. Like, maybe, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll die soon. So I texted you, Oliver, and I said, is this still Oliver's phone? And if it is, Oliver, are you still alive? And you said, Oliver, you said, hey, Jeremy, still not dead, now living in Montreal, so doing much better than not dead. 
How are things with you? And so the conversation <laughs> continued from there. And and I was like, well, I want to have you on the show, um, but I would love to like surprise the guys. I don't want them to know that we're going to have Oliver on. And you submitted your... <laughs> You submitted your information because like the process of booking the show is you book your recording and then it like creates a, a, um, a calendar invite to a Zoom meeting. And there's a bunch of information about who we're recording with and what we're going to be talking about. And Oliver, I was Oliver's like, I'll, I'll make something up so the guys don't know it's me. <laughs> and what he what he wrote was your name. Your name was um, what was your name? It was like Edward fucking Edward Arthur Wilson. Which uh, I, I just want to say, Oliver, right, uh, right away that this has uh, led to a little bit of internal conflict here at the Sick Boy headquarters. <laughs> it, did. it sure did. It did. So I, I so so I call Brian, who's on vacation. I go, Brian, you're really going to want to show up for this recording. And he goes, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, trust me, it's going to be interesting. And Brian's like, who is it? And I was like, it's this guy, Edward. Uh, this is what he wrote. This is a brief bio. I'm an English born mystic and leader of the Aquarian Society and an intentional living community. Uh, on beautiful DeCourcy Island, BC. I'm excited to share with you some healthy living truths that the medical establishment doesn't want you to know about. <laughs> and then these were the three, these are the speaking points that he's, he offered up. Um, aged urine therapy, increased <laughs> athletic ability through the use of hyperbolic time chamber, perineal sunning, an introduction to my new line of nootropics, now available for the low price of $100 a month, and a complex <laughs> refutation of the germ theory of disease. Dude, I laughed so fucking hard at that. Uh, but this is a very long-winded introduction to basically say, Oliver, I'm so glad you're not dead. I'm so glad you're here to chat with us today, and I cannot wait to catch up. Oliver, please introduce yourself to our listeners who perhaps... Maybe didn't catch that episode so many years ago or are brand new to the podcast. And what is the website where I can buy your new trophies? <laughs> uh, well, I'll start by saying, unfortunately, I do not actually sell new tropics. So no website for that. Uh, for reasons why, which will become clear later, it would not be a good idea for me to try to sell new tropics. So my name's Oliver. I was diagnosed with stage four melanoma in 2018, which is why I came on the podcast. Um, Aside from that, I used to be an engineer, which I decided I, f I failed out of being. So I decided I had to go to medical school instead, where I am now in Montreal. So that's a brief bio of me. Um, and yeah, no nootropics. Sorry if I got anyone's hopes up. I got to say, the perennial I, sunning is very much up, right up his alley. I, gotta, you know I, I, mean? I, I want to say that perennial sunning is what I thought made Jeremy book this. Uh, this it's one, Edward it's one of his, Wilson it's one of his guy favorite, because <laughs> it's one of his favorite things. Totally. And I, I was actually sitting across the table from Jer when he was speaking to Brian and telling him about all this information. He was reading this information off, and then he hung up the phone. And he really just he really just said that to Brian and then hung up essentially. <laughs> and then I, and, and then I was like, and then I was sitting across from him. And I go, Taylor's pissed. And I go, no, no, we're not. <laughs> really? Are are we? And he goes, yeah. You know, are we actually, so we're actually <laughs> recording with a, that's an actual, we're actually doing that. We're actually going to spend our time doing that. I love me a good mystic healer. <laughs> and I was like, please, no, Jer, don't, don't. Um, he I'll, gave it, he gave it up to me because I was not having it. Oliver, um, uh, I mean, just, just for like a little refresher, um, maybe, maybe give our audience a bit of a, uh, a bit of insight into your, your original cancer journey, uh, with, with melanoma. Um, how, how you, you know, how you came to find out that you had melanoma, what the sort of, what the sort of overall treatment looked like for that. And then, um, kind of bringing us up to, up to, uh, up to snuff with like how you ended up where you are now in med school, um, mm -hmm. no less. Yeah. So I found out I had melanoma the same way pretty much everyone else does that you have a weird looking mole and you're like, uh, I guess I should go see a doctor about it, which most people should. Absolutely. So I did that and it turned out to be melanoma on my back and they took it out, which is they do a thing where they take kind of a border around it, like 95, 99% of the time it's usually fine, but then it ended up coming back. So I found out cause I had another melanoma under my fingernail, which probably was not another, what they call primary. So not a new melanoma, but one that was related to the melanoma already in my body 
And then things kind of went from there. They found out I had stage four melanoma, which means that there was melanoma in other other areas of my body kind of around. Mm -hmm. So that included my liver and my brain as well, which are usually not really places where you want cancer mm. in general. So they gave me the, there's a bunch of different therapies available for different cancers, but the one that they used for me is one that's used a lot in a melanoma, which is called immunotherapy, which allows your own body's immune system to kind of attack the cancer where it otherwise wouldn't. Um, so they gave that to me and for me it worked. And I'm still around to tell the tale. I get periodic CT and MRI scans. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'm a success story, which is great. Um, mm. And how, how long, how long, how long after that? Cause we, so we recorded with you, we recorded with you in 2018 at the, towards the end of 2018. And now, and then I can't remember if it was on the same trip where we recorded a live show and you came to it, or if that was on a subsequent, or maybe that was like the next year. It would it definitely would have been pre COVID, but I, I, we, we saw you, we saw you again, maybe, a, maybe a year or so later. Um, if I, if I recall, is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what the, what the, um, how long it was, but something like that. So then I was still on treatment and then I stopped the treatment in 2020. So I've just been, you know, raw dogging life with no treatment since then. <laughs> <laughs> did that like, Cohen, did that, did that stopping of treatment coincide like well with uh, the emergence of this um, thing that some, some people have, some people have heard of, some people haven't COVID-19? Well, no, not well, sort of, but I mean, cancer treatment doesn't really stop. I mean, there was a big disruption with like surgeries and stuff, which is really unfortunate for a lot of people who needed them. But for me, it didn't really change anything. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Oliver, gotta, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I wanted to ask, um, you know, at the time that we spoke to you, um, we had been doing the show for about three years. And early on, in one of our first episodes, we spoke to uh, Leighton Reed, who had melanoma that spread throughout his body and he um eventually had had died from it and so mm -hmm. i remember like that was our relationship with this idea of of you know stage four melanoma and and how bad of a prognosis that could be but i'm curious in general because like in in my mind this is like a complete medical miracle like you've you know beat all the odds and you're you know you're you're doing well now as far as as far as I know or at least up until the last time we connected um at the end of 2019 but mm -hmm. like how like what is a a stage 4 melanoma diagnosis like like what does that typically mean for somebody who's 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 given that diagnosis I mean it could mean a lot of things like I happen to be doing some research projects in immuno-oncology as well, so I've looked at the charts of a lot of patients. But I mean, it really depends on the person. It depends on how like extensive their cancer is. Like Certainly with the immunotherapy and with kind of new advances in radi radiation therapy and other, other kind of new, new therapies that we have now, it's a lot better than it has been. But I mean, there's still a lot to go. There's still it, a lot to go, obviously. But yeah. I mean, the other interesting thing is there are a lot of other diseases that are just as bad that people can get. Like, I don't know, if you get heart failure, like you can die from that within a couple of years as well. So mm -hmm. I don't know, it's interesting what we, what we as a society choose to see as like the worst thing that can happen. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of a, kind of a, Sorry, it's kind of a vague, vague answer, but it really depends a lot on the person. Like, I don't know, I, I have another friend with stage four melanoma who survived. Then I had somebody else I knew who was 20 who died. So I don't know. I don't mm. think we know enough to be able to completely predict things yet. Mm -hmm. We were, I mean, we're we trying. were learning recently, like in a, in a recent um, podcast that we were recording, we were talking about genetic testing and, and, how um, genes can play a huge role in in what types of treatments are effective right. um, to fight mm -hmm. your cancers and and like I found that that was you know something new that I I I had just recently learned about um, but also can explain a lot of why like you know some treatments are really effective on some people and not so so much on other people um, do you know is 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 genetic testing becoming more um, 
prominent in 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 like the cancer treatment process? Oh yeah, absolutely, and it's gotten a lot cheaper. But it's a lot of it is also genetic testing of the tumors themselves, because what where kind of a lot of cancer therapy is moving towards is not treating specific cancers like oh this is a melanoma, but looking at the specific mutations it has, and then mm-hmm. if you have a treatment that can target that specific mutation, then whether it's I don't know a kidney cancer or like uh, leukemia, you could treat them the same because you know how that specific cancer works. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, and that uh, that episode that Brian was referring to is actually an episode that's coming out. Um, if you're listening to this as this episode is released, um, that's coming out this Wednesday. That's this week's um, routine checkup episode. Oliver, there's a couple things that I want to ask you um, uh, before we get into uh, sort of the the reason why you applied again in 2021, which I think is going to be a really fascinating um, story. Um, two things. People can't see you right now um, because... It's a fucking audio podcast, but we can see you. And uh, the number one thing is you have a, uh, a bitchin' ponytail going on. You have lo- very long hair. I believe the last time we saw you, you didn't have, you didn't even have eyebrows. Um, you, you had not, hair, a, not hair, a lick of hair. Hair was sparse. Hair was sparse. Sure. Um, I actually made a comment about your hair, which I was really embarrassed about because I was like, is, do you have uh, like chemotherapy hair? And you were like, no, this is just helmet hair because I biked here. And I was really embarrassed. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Now, my, Sorry, my question Oliver. is, my question is with the ponytail and the long hair, did you have long hair prior to cancer? And like, and is this a, is this a, like, I, I went through a breakup and I was like, I need to sh- change things up. And I grew a mullet. Like, was your, was mm-hmm. your, is your ponytail, your long hair, like a fuck, you know Very what? Australian I had cancer, fucking lost my hair. So I'm going to, I'm going to just grow a goddamn ponytail. No, I'm actually growing it to donate it. You can oh, donate. There are a lot of programs where you can donate it for a wig. That's wonderful. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, Brian and I so. have done that. Jeremy's Jeremy refuses to, but Brian and I have done it several times. <laughs> well, I never had long. I never had long enough hair. I'm, uh, once this mullet gets down to my ass, I'll definitely donate it. Um, then there this, you go. The second thing and is make a mullet wig. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Just just shave it perfectly off as a mullet, and then that's all we need. Um, the other thing is that I'm that I'm noticing, and I don't recall. Um, I don't recall this being evident the last time we saw you, but. Um, you've got like the a sort of like Winnie Harlow type thing going on with with your skin. So there's there's like very um, very evident differences in the in the tone of your skin, like around the eyes and around your around your mouth and like your your chin. So like for people who don't know what I'm referring to, it's it's um, it, what's the name of the the condition that some people like that Winnie Harlow has? I'm not sure. It's, vitiligo? it's vitiligo. Yeah, vitiligo. Um, is that or vitiligo? I'm not sure. Sure. <laughs> if uh, vitiligo, vitiligo, is that what's going on? Is that a direct result of the cancer treatment, or what? What is that all about? So yeah, this is a side effect of the cancer treatment. I haven't actually just been skiing. I'll move closer to the camera so you can see. <laughs> My eyelashes are also white. So this is a this is a side effect of the immunotherapy, of which there are several that people can get. Um, obviously, if your immune system can attack one thing in your body, cancer, it can attack a lot of other things, mm. including your eyebrow, your your eyelashes. Well, not your eyelashes, but the pigment in your eyelashes. But this specific one, because it's attacking the um, pigment cells in your skin, the melanocytes, which mm. are the same ones that the cancer came from, um, it's usually seen as a good sign in cancer patients with melanoma. Huh, interesting. Uh, so, yeah. You know what I find really, really fascinating? And, and I'm, not, I'm curious if you have any insight into this, having, you know, being in school, medical school, being familiar with cancer treatment and having, experiencing yourself, is how, is how uh, incredibly uniform it always seems to be whenever somebody has that condition, I shouldn't say whenever somebody has that condition, but like oftentimes when I see somebody with a, with this can, with, with, I, I guess it's not a condition. I guess it's a result of a treatment. So I guess it's different from the condition itself. Do they still call it vitiligo or, or vi, 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 vi? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. okay. It's just from something else. Right. Versus right. Yeah. Some, some people just get it from nowhere. I mean, yeah. in fact, the majority of people do. Like, like a lot of people, you can't see or see now. I, I had a, I had a beard the other day, but I, I shaved it. And, and when I, when I, when I grow, when I grow my beard out, I, I like, I, there's like very specific spots where I just don't grow hair. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I've been asked, I've been asked 
by people all the time like oh why do you shave your like why do you shave it into that specific shape because it looks so dumb <laughs> and, uh, and, and and they go and they go and they go it's because it's like are you trying to be like you're, you're giving a very like like incredible Johnny Depp vibes. It's very like, it's very, it's very, it, there's a great mystique about it. I very much like what you've done, but I'm like, it seems very vain of you to do it specifically that way in such an incredible style. And, and I, and I always go and I, and I go, and I go, I go, it's, I didn't shave it like that. It's just the way that it is. It just grows that mm -hmm. way. And like, you know what I mean? Like it almost looks like, yeah, like you said, like, I promise I haven't gone skiing. It almost looks like you've just taken a big <laughs> yeah. gog like goggles off yeah. and like a face mask. And like you're left with like a tan everywhere with a face mask and the goggles weren't. Isn't that like do you, yeah. do, you do you know what's behind the like uniform nature symmetrical of, of that? Yeah. There is a lot of symmet symmetry to it, yeah. So no, and I think no one does, but I think it is kind of around like holes in my body like mm. around my mouth around my eyes maybe that has something to do with it but i do have it all over my body so have you is your is, your, is it around your asshole <laughs> i was gonna say uh, that no no it's not around my asshole interesting <laughs> no interesting i wonder if your body just doesn't recognize that as a hole <laughs> well is it really a hole i mean i don't know it's like our so sphincters holes i i mean the, the, the I journey's know, in he, he, you're a tube, right? So it's yeah. all just one like it's continuous service. I, I've, exactly. al I've always said we're we're all just walking donuts. Like we are just a donut. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, okay, so let's get into let's get into the 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 story of of um, of what you went through. I I'm guessing like after your cancer treatment, or maybe during. Um, take us into the Addison's disease debacle. Oh, yeah, for sure. So one of the other things, well, one of the other immune-related adverse events, if I'm going to use the technical terminology for what they are, so basically ways your body can attack itself with immunotherapy that I also had. I also had some weird eye thing that's still kind of ongoing. I had hepatitis at one point. I had arthritis at one point, which was funny. Um, but I also had Addison's disease, which is this thing where your body attacks your adrenal glands, which mm -hmm. are a little organ right above your kidneys that produce um, some hormones that are important. So one called cortisol, which is kind of a stress hormone. It regulates sugar and does a bunch of other things in your body. It's an anti-inflammatory. And another one called aldosterone, which regulates the fluid balance and the electrolytes in your blood. So my adrenal glands got attacked by my immune system, which means that I can no longer produce those for myself. So now I have to take pills. Now, for patients who usually have that, the awkward time is between when it's attacked by your body and you take pills because you're kind of don't really have the things you need to live. Mm. Yeah, we. So, yeah. <clears throat> I remember. So, so I, this is like this is such a, a sort of um, like blast from the past. But in in. June of 2017, we recorded an episode with a woman named Fiona. And Fiona, we, that episode was titled Two Days Away from Death, Addison's Disease. And we spoke mm -hmm. to her about living with Addison's. And I remember, like, the one thing that stuck with me was, was A, she, you know, without the proper medication, she would just die. And then B, there was, like, this really fascinating element of Addison's where, and, and I, like, I, you know, please let me know if this is sort of the similar situation to you, but because of the nature of the disease, the way it affects your, uh, the, you know, I guess your hormones, um, or would it be hormones? Like, like is cortisol a hormone? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's a steroid it, hormones. Right. Right. So the way it affects your hormones is like, she doesn't have the, she, her body, her, her like nervous system, her brain, her body doesn't react to, um, like stressors the ways that a normal person's body would. So, you know, if she's walking down the street and all of a sudden a fucking lion pops out of a, a you know, a container and starts eating people around her, instead of her adrenaline kicking in and her, and her fucking flight or fight, fight or flight, and she just takes off, her body doesn't get that sort of like adrenaline response, that response to like, mm. to put you into a state of, survival or you know or protection mode um is that the or am i making that up did, did i just like did, did i just like I mean, like to think that based on the conversation that we had 
That may that may certainly be true of her. The way that the adrenal gland produces hormones is the ones that I can't produce are kind of more closer to the surface, so they're maybe more vulnerable to attack. But maybe her adrenal gland was attacked more deeply. I'm not really sure. Right. Um, I I wouldn't say that's true of me how you described it, but it's more. I don't know if I, I I can have these things all called adrenal crises, which for me are usually related to nothing in particular that anyone can really discover. But basically what it is, is I just, just start having diarrhea and puking and feeling really bad out of nowhere. Well, then I have to in- inject myself with cortisol and go to the hospital. So it, it's yeah, I mean, it can happen. It can be triggered by like stressful situations. Like if you have an illness, you can become sick from that with an adrenal crisis. Right. Um, but that's usually how it manifests for me. How do you so go to med school? I'm, how do you go to med school and like write <laughs> exams and stuff when you're like, you know, shitting yourself you're like studying left, right, for a center. test? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. As, as I said, it kind of affects everyone a little bit differently. I mean, based on very anecdotal things that I've read on the internet, I seem to have things pretty well under control or I have a greater understanding of it. Who really knows? Um, but I don't know. I'm pretty pretty easy for me i just take my pills every day and every day is fine right but there is that like there is that like it, it's it's kind of one of those things and correct me if i'm wrong of that if you were to i mean like let's say you get on a flight mm-hmm. and you're and you like the, the flight takes off and then you have a moment of realization which is unlikely to happen but you go holy shit I forgot my pills. That is a dire situation for you. Oh yeah, that's why you never ever forget your pills. <laughs> also, also when they when they go, they make you take your medication. Board? They make you take your medication on the airplane with you. You're not allowed to put it in your in your checked luggage. So I don't know. Because like I, I, I always I find that fascinating in terms of like because because we're getting we're we're it's it's fascinating that we've come to a place in in medicine in general where something like Addison's disease or something that uh or something like diabetes where mm-hmm. it's like if you've got your shit then you're you know you've got a fairly good chance of managing that with um you know with great success yeah <clears throat> but in the absence of that it's it's like so quickly bad you know like mm-hmm. like it, like even with not it's even less dire with with cystic fibrosis you know, like you're like if you didn't have your trikafta, not great. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like if you know, if I'm going to Portugal in 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 a month for two weeks. If I if I got on that flight and didn't have my trikafta, it would suck. That would be, that'd for, be that, for that length. Uh, of time. It'd be a bummer. Yeah, it'd be, it it would be. Um, you'd be but I wouldn't you, die. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get there and be like, well, I'm gonna die. Yeah, you'd be in for I, a rough <laughs> time. Yeah, but you wouldn't be like, I'm not gonna survive. This. No, which is crazy no. that there's other things out there like you know, like Addison's disease or diabetes or several other things where it's yeah. like, if you just don't have that medication at your side all the time yeah. Yeah. and you find your, like that it, you, you could be, you could be dead. Like, does that, does that weigh on you at all? Or is that something that you kind of carry with you without much consideration? I'm definitely a little bit more cautious about like not going somewhere super out of the way. And I do have like my emergency injection and stuff, but I do think about it because I don't know, having the crises is not fun. And then having to get to a hospital, if you're a little bit further away, it's not that great. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I also have a really weird viewpoint because I'm part way through medical school. So I have, it's been a weird journey going through that because I was like a patient and now mm-hmm. I'm sort of on my way to being a doctor. So it's kind of a weird, weird viewpoint that I have totally, for yes. somebody who has some sort of illness. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Uh, do you, Do you have any examples of like of moments where where Addison's sort of you know, you had a you had a, a moment where Addison's was very evident and very sort of, um, you know, like I, you, you know, you say you say like when you have like a flare up, it's like you you just immediately get diarrhea and your body just like goes into panic mode. Like speaking of getting on flights or anything like that, like have you ever been in a situation where you're like, oh fuck, here we go, Addison's kicking in and I don't have there's like no toilet in sight or something, you know? I think I know what we're talking about here, and I will be glad to share that story. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the crises I had, I was visiting my dad on the same island I am now, where I've had two crises now already for no particular reason. And I was out kayaking. I didn't have any extra pills. Well, did I have extra pills? I think this was before I started carrying extra pills, and I was kayaking, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, my stomach's starting to feel funny. I'd better go to the beach. And so we went onto the beach, I started puking, I started having diarrhea, and so they called the, what ended up being the volunteer fire department in the end. So basically I was just shitting myself in front of the entire volunteer fire department oh. of, the, of the island I grew up on. But it's okay, I live in Quebec now, so nobody knows me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Press that reset button hard. Oh, so like, like when you, <clears throat> you know, this is... Um, I shit myself. Uh, I shot myself uh, a few days ago. I shit myself. Like we actually, we were thinking. Uh, were you, you and I having a conversation about getting a one of those like trackers, like like you know, X yeah. days until like since yeah, yeah. yeah Jer yeah. shit himself. <laughs> yeah. And if we had one on the set, it would be very fun because like you know we could that number would change. It, you know, yeah. it'd be like it would be at probably like fifty, and then the next day, you know, the next week, someone would be watching. Is like why is that down to four now? Uh, it's because I just shit myself like multiple times a year. Um, and I did the other day, I did the other day and, and, uh, and like badly, like I did really bad the other day. You seem particularly bummed the other day. <clears throat> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, shitting your pants is always bad, but this was, this wasn't like a, oh, I have a little bit of dookie like, and I can, I can like <laughs> manage this somehow. This was like, I completely shitted my pants. <laughs> Also, you know, your also your your poop is like very vis- viscous. It's very okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, and so, okay. So, and so, so it's like not like not like you can just remove the lump and then you're no, good to go. No, no, it's no, like no. it there's makes not, a mess everywhere. No, there's none of that. No one's shitting their pants. I think you, I think you've got another idea for a podcast here because <laughs> shitting yourself is the experience that brings everyone together, but which they don't talk about. <laughs> That's it. So you could start you could start shit boy <laughs> shit boy podcast. Yeah, yeah. So like my, my, my question there was. You know, when this when this attack, like for me in that situation, that scenario, I just I just was I was I just I was like, oh, oh, I have to fart. And I farted and I went, okay, that wasn't a fart. Now I have to like figure this out for you when you have this like sort of Addison's attack. um, Is it just like like you you have you have no control, like your body literally just kind of goes, okay, we're going to void like we just got to go. This is this is happening. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, that's so but hard. I feel I I don't really feel good enough to feel bad about it because you lose fluid and you start to get kind of lightheaded, right? Start sure. to get a bit sluggish, so you know it's it's an emergency. It's like a yeah, it's 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 much it's different like, than me farting not, and going fuck. Yeah, in the moment, it's not fun shitting my pants. It's not yeah. funny. Yeah. Whereas you know, if you just shit your pants normally, it's like oh no, I shit your pants. I shit my pants. I guess there's nothing I can do but laugh about it. Retrospectively, it's funny, but in the moment, yeah. it's you know, I'm not really feeling well enough to laugh about yeah. it. Does it bring you to the? Does it bring you to the point where, um, where you are like severely lacking fluids, where that starts to affect like your Ooh. mental state and everything? I mean, I imagine it. May, maybe it's hard to maybe it's hard to distinguish what's going on because the Addison's piece in the, the, the is 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 having such a dramatic effect. But like I, I've been in a place where I had, you know, like basically just like, uh, like traveler's sickness, where I, you know, shit myself mm-hmm. for days and days and days, and then like ultimately was like a shell of a human as a result of mm-hmm. it. Like, do you ever get to that? Do you do you void that aggressively, where it like really fundamentally changes your like ability to even be alive? And like, how do you then? 
like, are, how are, are you able to communicate to somebody like, this is what I need? Oh, well, I have a tattoo. So, you know, medical alert, you have to have a medical alert bracelet. So, oh, so you just tatted it instead of the, instead That's of the bracelet. Cool. Yeah. You just have the, you just have the tattoo or is, a medical alert bracelet. Is that yeah. frowned upon with, um, with, with skin cancer patients? Well, at this point, the call is coming from inside the house, so I don't know if a tattoo is really going to be. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, true. Fair, fair enough. I, uh, I'm I, curious. I, something I I've ask, thought about for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I wanted to ask Oliver. I was, I was really curious. This is kind of top of mind for me because I was, I was just listening to a, an episode that we recorded with this um, amazing guy, Stephen Jenkinson, this morning, and. Um, and uh, it just came the day that we're recording this right now. It just came out today, and um, Stephen has this like really beautiful. There's this really beautiful piece where he's talking about the power of storytelling. And mm-hmm. I was thinking when I was listening to this, I was thinking of like the stories that we tell ourselves about our own lives. And I'm curious for you, like one thing that I've been I've been dying to ask you is like from my memory when we were catching up uh, at the live show that we did after we had recorded together and you were telling me about you know going going to med school and this sort of journey that you've been on I'm curious like what the story that you tell yourself about you know your life experience in like in like being a patient and then going into med school like like what does that look like in in your mind and like what does that mean to you well, I don't know. I think I went into it with the best intentions as you do with everything. Like I had been a patient and I'd seen kind of firsthand like what good medical care can do. Um, that's really what I wanted to do. Give that kind of care to people um, as a physician. I mean, I suppose I could have gone into something else, but it just didn't seem like what I wanted to do at the time. So I don't know. I mean, it's also interesting being here because I think I have a greater degree to kind of understand like how people are. Like you see people in the hospital and it's very kind of like academic and clinical and you're like, oh, this is an interesting case. But no, it's like somebody who's Mm. really sick in the moment or going through something really hard. So Mm. I think I, I I think having diseases myself certainly has helped me in in that way so mm. i don't know I, I, I wouldn't recommend everyone get cancer before they go to medical school but you know can just do a proportion and it, it <laughs> yeah. is a it is a very it is a very interestingly um uh it, it, like it, it ends up being a like a net positive for sure like there yeah there, there's a there's a i've i always i i w- w- for for like to to relate to that a little bit like i i was uh i used to teach yoga i i don't teach i haven't taught yoga in a couple of years now um like on a regular basis i i when we spoke last i had been for about a decade and and i always felt like i had i i i've gone through hard things in my life but like nothing like nothing crazy nothing that i would like describe as monumental and Mm -hmm. i always looked at some of the yoga teachers that had really gone through, like really gone through something. And I always noticed just this like extra like notch of like meaning and like purpose that they seem to bring to like that teaching because it was like coming through this lens of like, I've been through this and therefore like they just, they just brought it a different perspective that I was always Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to say jealous of because it's not like I wish myself to to go through like something worse than I had. But like, I, I always just th- n- noticed that as like a, a really incredible um, sort of like feature of their capacity to teach. And I love meeting people through the podcast that have gone into medicine, whether it's you know, whatever capacity it's in that bring that perspective because it's like, like fucking God knows that the medical system, the health care system needs more people that understand that perspective of being a patient as much as possible. Like we need that as much as possible because like that mm-hmm. perspective is unfortunately like one of the through lines of what we've, of like everything we've ever done when we're talking to people who have been sick is like, is like the lack of that understanding. You know, that's probably, mm-hmm. that might, that might be the biggest theme of this show over close to a decade is the lack of that understanding in dealing with in, in, in dealing with the healthcare system. 
And I think like to, to just put a punctuation point on that too, like it, it's not that it's like a, a lack of like the true understanding. Like they might say that they get it and, but it's like when you, you know, when you truly, truly get it, like to, to throw back to something that Stephen Jenkinson was talking about, like if we truly knew what it was like to embrace the idea of dying and our mortality, we would be so, um, afraid of like we wouldn't be able to do anything because it would be so truly um like moving to you that you wouldn't be able to have the capacity to do anything and so Mm -hmm. i think there's this idea of like that like like not just understanding but like truly knowing it that that makes a big difference if that makes sense i guess Mm -hmm. i guess to pose that as a question oliver is like not in not from like a hubristic or or an arrogant um in an arrogant way but you know do you do you notice do you notice anything in your in your like classmates or in your experience in like um, the clinical setting that you just notice is is like not there, at perhaps as a result of like really just not having that understanding of what it's like to be in the shoes that you that you were in you know when you're going through your cancer treatment. I think maybe it's more kind of like a conflict of expectations and wants because like as patients, you want things from physicians and sometimes you want things that they can't give like either personally or that they just can't give medically. And like a physician, sometimes you want things from patients which might conflict with their values or how they want to live with their life. So I think it's really hard to find a situation when you're dealing with someone, anyone, where you're fully aligned. And I think in a high stakes thing, such as medicine, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot more, it becomes a lot more kind of important. But I think certainly like physicians do get kind of like, they get efficient mm-hmm. because you see someone and like, yeah, you need to deal with the person and be responsible to with the person you're seeing now. There's another person after that. And you can't give too much to any one person because then you can't give enough to every person. So mm-hmm. it's a really interesting conflict. And I don't know, I think the main thing and I think the main thing that everyone in my class is good at is talking to people like they're people. And I think that's mm-hmm. a that's that's the that's a great starting point. So I like talking to people like dogs. <laughs> Me yeah, too. That's right. that's right. I actually, hey, I actually, hey, over, hey, hey, get over I kinda here. Talk get, to my, get I kind of talk to my one-year-old daughter like a dog sometimes. Dude, I'm trying you to do. You, you, you like click kinda, at her? You go. Kind of. I kind of hey. like. I kind of snap hey, my. Over here. Over yeah, here. I, do, I really. I do whistle. I actually, Don, I, donuts. Fucking no joke. Here. I actually I'll do give, whistle. I'll give you an example. Like I don't know, diabetes, for instance. Like everybody knows that, aside from some people who have like a particular genetic susceptibility, like you can prevent type two diabetes. It's like exercise, eat well, maintain like a reasonable weight, but it's really hard to put into practice. Like we all do a lot of behaviors that we know are unhealthy, but make us happy in the moment. Like as humans, we're not really built to kind of think Mm long-term, I don't think. So I don't know, like as physicians, primary care doctors, like it's people's job to tell people that they need to do these behaviors and there are all sorts of tools to do it in kind of a thoughtful and like sensitive way where you're not gonna where you're not gonna turn people off but i don't know i mean it's it's an interesting conflict because it's you 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 want what's best for people as a physician and people want what's best for themselves and sometimes those things don't match up or maybe never will match up. So mm-hmm. do you do you think know. do you think it would be easier if if um, we replaced doctors with AI? No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, well, I beg the difference. <laughs> yeah. Brian definitely does make the difference. I, are you, I are you guys am planning on doing an IPO and being in an AI podcast or what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. we half are already. Um, uh, the, we're not humans. This is this is this is we're just projecting. This to you. I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Oliver, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of, we're coming up to time here. Um, and, and I, I would, I would love to get into something that, so again, at the very beginning, I, I started this conversation off by, by 
saying that... Donut, can you just be quiet, bud? Just stop that. Um, I started this podcast by saying I had thought about you. Prior to reaching out to you, I had thought, I wonder if Oliver's dead. Um, and I'm sure that when we f- recorded that first podcast with you, that was something that was floating through your mind at the time. Like, you, you know, your mortality, the fact that you're dealing with stage four cancer, the fact that that cancer has spread. Um, I, I would, I would think it's probably pretty, pretty fucking wild. If you, if you weren't considering the fact that maybe you were going to die, um, uh, at that point in your life. So I'm really curious about like, how does that have an effect on your identity? And, and how does someone who, who receives a really serious cancer diagnosis move forward from that, um, especially after going through treatment and after being told, okay, it looks like for now you're in the clear. Um, what kind of effect does that have on your, like, your, your own identity? Um... I don't know. I mean, I did think about dying for every day for quite some time, and I still do a lot of the time. And I don't know. I mean, it's about would you be happy with your life if you died today? I think I read that in a book. I forget what the book was. It was a book of Japanese philosophy written by a guy who was a samurai who became a monk, which was like, he wrote, live every day as if it was going to be your last. And at the time, I didn't really understand it. But I think I understand it a bit more now. And I think it's a lot harder to put that into action because sometimes you want to do things which you feel are not worthwhile. You just want to chill out, read a book, watch Netflix, whatever. And it's okay to do that as well. So I don't know. I mean, trying to trying to live your best life, I think, but also having compassion to yourself. Like in, in terms of like the idea of going to med school, like obviously, you know, that's a big commitment. Um, you know, many years of schooling until you reach this like ultimate goal of of like, being a a doctor and i think for a lot of people who are who are listening to this who might hear that you know you sort of embarked embarked on that journey after getting this this um you know seemingly uh awful like cancer diagnosis that you know might come with a much shorter life expectancy that you know they would be surprised that you go in to pursue this thing that you know you might never even live to see the end of um, is that like, did that thought go through your mind at all? Or, or like, how do you think about, you know, your life expectancy now and like, and your pursuit of, of becoming a doctor? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've thought about that, but I ride my bike everywhere so I could just sign my mouth, just get killed by a truck and then just, you know, it's done. So I don't know. I, I think you should be realistic about things, but I, at the same time, I don't think you should let it things hold. You should you should not let your circum- personal circumstances hold you back from doing things that are going to be worthwhile and that you, that you want to do because otherwise you're never going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, I think that's a, that's a really good point because it, I think we have a, you know, if you, if you've, if you've had something like, if you've had something like a cancer diagnosis and maybe it floats around in your mind that it might come back someday or whatever, or, or, you're, or you're dealing with a cancer diagnosis now and then like, you know, you have certain threats that are, you know, they're very, they're very, they're, they're very real, but they're still unknown. Like they are, they're, 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 they're they might seem like they are close, like they are in a, in a closer realm of possibility than some other more abstract things, but like they, they are still unknown. And there are a thousand more than that. A, a, 2000. A, 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 two yeah, 2000 even <laughs> unknowns. Two, 2001. That, 2001 <laughs> even if we're going prices right. <laughs> that are un that you have no idea on a daily basis what is how that's going to like affect and like and I think the way that we the way that we like plan our lives and make decisions as to like what is worthwhile doing um today like that 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 idea of like living like living today as if it's your last i mean like god knows we like god knows we would not be here as a species if that was like the if we took that like super literally and did that every single day um because we do want to do things like hang out and do nothing and just like feel comfortable and like 
have uh, like a whimsical conversation with a friend about the possibility of aliens being unearthed in a upcoming Congress. Let's go, baby! Um, disclosure, session. disclosure, twenty twenty three. You know, like there, like there, are, there, there are those things that we want that that we do, and we plan ahead for the future, and mm. we 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 plan for you know, like you going to med school. It's a goal. It's a, it's like it's a. The, the 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 peak of that goal is is well off into the future, but you have to pick away at it every day with your classes and with your you know, what all the clinical nature of the program and all these little things that cumulatively add up to getting you to that yeah. place. And if we were overcome with the idea that maybe this will kill me today or maybe that will you know derail me in some other way, <clears throat> then life would be honestly unlivable. Yeah. I I, <clears throat> I I can't help but think about. Um, about the situation that I've been experiencing over the last couple of years with with the advent of Trikafta being introduced to the the CF community here in Canada, and so just Oliver, if you're not familiar, like Trikafta is this miracle drug that that became approved a couple of years ago, and um, it effectively treats cystic fibrosis at the source. Uh, it's a gene modulator, and so it's not a cure, but it's like it's you know it's it's up there. Like it's a, it's the next best thing. And it has given a lot of people that live with cystic fibrosis, a new lease on life. And for myself personally, um, it's really fundamentally changed the way that I view my life and my future and the things that are important to me. And, uh, for context, into bodybuilding. <laughs> for context, it's crazy. <laughs> for context, Mr. Universe. Uh, for context, my 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 whole life, like the idea of having a child, my whole life was like, no, like there, I'm, I have zero interest in that. I don't want to bring a, a human into this world and to to just leave them fatherless by the time they're like, I don't know, fifteen. Um, so like the the notion of having children was just like not something I even entertained. But now with Trikafta. I have that, you know, it's like this, the, the idea of a, of a, of a shortened life expectancy is a lot cloudier than what it used to be. Statistically, yes, I probably still will not live to, to, you know, to old age, but maybe I'll live a, quite a bit longer than I maybe anticipated living for the first 30 years of my life. So now I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I do want to have a kid. And wow, that's a fucking trip because... My whole life, I most certainly did not. And now I'm thinking about this thing, the, the, you know, this thing where for people who have had a child, their first child, it's like a massive life-changing event. Um, and so I'm curious about your situation in getting to the place where you've gotten, you know, over, overcoming cancer to, to the degree at which you have. Has it changed the way that you view your future in the things like in terms of your values or the things that you will like hope to um, experience or, you know, like like the kid thing, like is like prior to, you know, during cancer, you're probably not thinking about kids. But now that you've you've kind of gotten to the other side of that hill, like, is that something that you look at in your future or like how has it shaped the way that you view the time that you have left? Um, I think it's made me less willing to compromise on kind of the big things about my life. Um, not about my partner, of course. She's great. I'm not going to do stupid compromises with her, of course. I think it's also a slightly different situation because, I mean, you've been living with something your whole life, whereas sure. mine was just like a weird detour. Mm. So, I don't know. I do think that... It definitely did change me. And I think if you talk to any kind of any any anyone who's had to face their own mortality, they'd kind of agree with the same. I think the main thing is to try not to forget about it because mm. a human the human mind just wants to forget these important lessons. So I don't know. I think it's made me want to seek more meaningful things in my life for sure. Mm. And medical school is part of part of that mm-hmm. so have you i don't know have you um have you uh gone to therapy at all no i tried yeah, art yeah. therapy when i was in the middle of my diagnosis but it wasn't really for me mm. tell him brian tell him 
Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm basically entirely English. We don't go to therapy. And I mean, oh. that is a joke. Like, I, I do understand the utility of therapy, but I didn't really... I do, I do a lot of reflecting on my own, which I think serves the, serves the purpose of that for me. Yeah. Mm. But if, uh, I, if, I go, if I go into psychotherapy, they're going to probably make me do psychotherapy. So, you know, we'll see. Well, sp- speaking worry, of, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you some good TikToks and uh, it might change your <laughs> yeah. mind. Speaking, Absolutely. Of, um, speaking <laughs> of med school, what, um, where are you at in the process? What, uh, what are your aspirations? What, like, you know, ideal situation, where would you like to go with, with uh, this, this future career? So where I'm at is I finished the first two years, which were mostly in the classroom. So after the the latter two years, they just turned me loose in the hospital. And, you know, you have to do the thing and pretend to be a doctor. So I'm really excited about starting that in August. Um, as to what I would want to do, I'm not really sure. I kind of came in with the idea that I wanted to do oncology, which I might still. But I don't know. You can, you can help a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So... Mm. we'll we'll find out i think certainly something where i talk to people more rather than you know do things like surgery or anesthesia but we'll see Mm. maybe i'll change my mind like being a therapist (laughs) could be psychiatrist (laughs) tell him brian here's your your window it's open (laughs) no 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 i i i'm preaching to the choir i know that uh oliver already gets it <laughs> right okay yeah right. Mm-hmm. well oliver i gotta say dude i'm i'm so glad that uh when i texted you the other day you didn't respond with i am in, uh, indeed dead um it's <laughs> it's it, 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 a pretty neat trick if i did though right? <laughs> yeah. hey i'd believe it um <clears throat> but uh but for real like it's it's um it's it, we rarely get the opportunity to have these sort of catch-ups with past guests. I, I would like to, I would like to do it m- more, more often. Um, but it is, it really is like wonderful to, to see, uh, where you've, where you've come since the last time we've spoken to you. Like it's, it's, um, you know, we, we've, we've had a number of past guests who were in a similar situation to you and, and they, they unfortunately were not able to continue on with their life. And so mm-hmm. to, to hear from someone who's been on the show who was at a, a crossroads and, and kind of got through that battle and, and is now, you know, just moving on with life. It's like, it's a really, it's just a really uh, heartwarming thing. And I'm really glad that you were willing to sit down and, and take the time to shoot the shit with us once again. Um, uh, so for that, I, I thank you. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great to see you guys. And you know, it's like it's like you're having kids. You're seeing them all grow up and not die. So you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to add before we uh, before we we wrap. Uh, I'm curious if uh, I want to put this out to the listeners who are still listening right now. Um, do you think that we should do like a regular segment like this? I don't know. We can workshop some names like still kicking with Oliver and like, you know, follow up with the people who should have been dead or like still not dead yet. Or like, or, or like maybe the opposite, like, like just died and, um, you know, do like a, a feature to cover some of the stories that we've yeah. done in the past. And if, if you want us to do any of those things, just text Brian at 902-229-1024. Um, and, uh, he will, he will get back to you. just gave him my number. Yeah. <laughs> or text him anything else, really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or an- anything else. <clears throat> I do want to say, I do, do want to say just to kind of like echo what Jer- something, what you just said there, Jared, uh, is like, we... We, we sort of we make we make a habit of of letting people know when somebody on, that we've had on the show has passed away, and I think that is like a I think that is like a, a just a, a like a uh, like a base human function where we are we are like more attuned to the negative, and we probably don't pay enough attention to like to to letting people know like there's all these people that were facing that were like staring down the barrel of something that was like you know that are life, still kicking life threatening and um and 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 you know they're still here and there's like a you know there's a great story there um so yeah positive positive got to pay so you were the saying positive. the same thing that i just said we should do a segment yeah <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> with you cool just again checking. again text brian um I said the number. You can rewind if you want it back. Uh, Oliver, thanks, dude. It's been a real treat to be able to sit down and chat with you. Absolutely. Well, pleasure to see you and, you know, all the best. 
talk to you in another few years when I'm not dead still, hopefully. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.